Hey, I'm Stacy. And I'm Casey. And this is the Self Care Project Podcast, where we talk about all things health and wellness and how it works into our lives as busy professionals, moms, and entrepreneurs. Come sit with us as we spill the tea on how we still manage to take time for ourselves and make self care a priority. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And of course, share with your friends. Hope you enjoy. All right. So let's do a little bit of follow-up on adrenal fatigue. We talked last week about kind of what it was. We went a little nerdy, I feel like, in the science, right? Because <laughs> um, you kind of have to do that from time to time. I mean, it's important that people understand a little bit about like, what it is, what their adrenals are, but let's move a little bit past that today and talk about, so we, maybe we've come to the conclusion that somebody is, has adrenal fatigue or somebody is suspecting that they really um, are suffering from adrenal fatigue because they just have that constant, um, debilitating sense of just being tired and their body's just not being able to go anymore. So now what, what do we do with that? Um, you know, and it here, it really is going to be so independent on, um, based on each person, right? We know that there's no one size fits all, whether it's nutrition, whether it's exercise, and even when it comes to treatment and recovery, like nothing is a one size fits all with our bodies. Um, so depending on the severity of the case and some of our really, really severe cases, you know, it is, it is not uncommon for somebody to like literally need to be able to take a leave of absence from work. That seems really extreme for a lot of people. Um, and for some people, unfortunately, like maybe it's just not an option, but that can actually happen. But what do we do for those people whenever it's maybe a leave of absence is not, um, is not an option? I think um, we've got some really good stuff today that we're going to talk about that's really going to be able to address adrenal fatigue, what we do with it now, how we reverse it, how we support our bodies. Um, and so I'm really excited to share some of that um, with our audience today. Awesome. And, you know, Casey, one of the things we don't think about, like I have some um, friends that I went to high school with or went to college with or whatever that um, that are trying to do it all right. It's that's that's what we've been taught to what? do is that we should be <laughs> able to do it all. Um and they are doing it all and they're still falling into some of the traditional roles of women. And so then, you know, there's this expectation, whether it be the expectation that they're putting on themselves or their expectation that that is being put on them by someone else, um, that even though you're going to work and, and working the same eight or 10 hour day, um, the same type of stressful job that then you're also having to come home and care for children and take care of the house and whatever it is, you know, and that was, that was a tough conversation when it was time for me to come back to work that Jason and I had to have. It's like, I understand that you've been used to this, me taking care of things in the house was my job. Well, now I have a new job. So we, it's time to divide the responsibilities of taking care of the house and taking care of the kids. And does that mean that we hire help? right? Does that mean you get a right. housekeeper? Um, and you know, when we started talking about my going back to work, that was one of the things that we talked about, like, this is a salary that I need to be able to walk out of the house because I can't, I can't do that and do this, this, and this. So I needed to essentially contract out some help. So 
um, it definitely walking away completely is, is definitely not it, but I, I mean, I feel like there are so many people who could relate to just what a lot of people just refer to as burnout. Absolutely. And I got to say the short answer to whether or not you hire help is always yes. (laughs) When it comes to housekeeping, I just feel like that it's always a yes. There is, um, you know, you mentioned, and it's, it's funny because I feel like I've almost kind of like, I've been in like this role reversal, right? So like went to school, did all the things, was really had this mindset of like, I'm going to show specifically my girls. I have two girls and a boy. My girls are older. Um, I'm going to show my girls that they can do all of it. That was my mindset. They can do all of it. They can have the career. They can have the, the education. They can be a mom and they can sustain all of that. And then I, I realized later, like, hello, just turned 40 this year. Like, that's actually not the message. Like, I do want them to feel that way in a sense, but it's like, how do we get to that? But also with um, some balance in our lives that supports our bodies and puts our wellness and our, our mental health and all of those things at the forefront of our thought versus this mindset of like, as a woman, and let's be honest, we understand the pressures that come with being a woman when it comes to professional and family, but how is it that we actually manage that in a way that we don't completely lose ourselves in all of the things that we feel like that we need to, that we need to balance and that we need to achieve and that we need to do all of, you know, that we have to be the one that does, does it all. Um, and so I think what we're going to talk about today is so important because not only is it like, necessary, but it's also going to just allow people to understand, I think, and really look at these categories in their life and understand, you know, how they can build in each of these areas that really support everything that they want to do, whether it is professional, whether it is personal, whether it's that family life, whatever it is that they're trying to focus on, however it is they're trying to build who they want to be. Um, we're going to, we're going to be able to touch on each of one of those things and help them to learn how to prioritize it and give themselves proper self-care. Right. And I think Casey, you and I had talked about, um, we talked about essentialism, Both you and I have, um, read the book essentialism. If you guys haven't read it, make sure you pick it up on, um, Spotify. It's a great one to just listen to. Um, and so we were going to talk about that at the end, but I really just kind of feel like, um, that it's a, it's a good time to plug that in now, because we're going to give you a bunch of things. We're going to give you a couple of things to, to focus on. And my first thought was here, we are talking about doing all the things, and then I'm going to ask you to do more things. Well, that's not, that's not (laughs) what, that's not where I want to go. Like what I really want you to think about, um, when Casey and I go through this is that what else can you say no to, to prioritize this? And that's something Mm -hmm. that, you know, when we're thinking about doing it all, like, where are you setting your boundaries? Where are you, um, what things in your life are you saying no to and you're contracting out? Like being in a professional space as a program manager, one of the things that I heard the other day was if you are, if you did not hire an assistant, you are the assistant. If you don't hire a housekeeper, you are the housekeeper. If you don't hire a nanny or you don't hire a sitter, you are the nanny or the sitter. And so thinking about those things, you know, no, I understand not everybody has the financial means to be able to do that immediately, but think of ways that you can either say no to something or you can prioritize something else over something to make sure that you're still doing what you need to do. 
absolutely. Um, you know, there were definitely times in our lives where, um, you know, we have a housekeeper right now and that's brand new. Like I just like they've come into my house twice and cleaned the only other time in my married life that we had somebody come in and helping because I was a mom of two. So the girls were like, um, four and two, probably they're about two and a half years apart. So I was working full-time as a clinical coordinator at a nursing school. I was teaching part-time as an adjunct professor at the university of North Florida. I had two girls that were little, um, William is active duty and, and I was going back to school as a full-time student working on my prerequisites to apply for, um, a doctorate in physical therapy program. And I can remember that was like, at one point, William and I finally had to sit down and I had to say, I can't, I can't keep up. Like we have to figure this out. And we brought in a housekeeper for the very first time, you guys, because I was literally up by five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. And I did not do any of my schoolwork until after the girls went to bed. And so then I was doing schoolwork until at least midnight, if not one o'clock in the morning. And I was doing that five days a week. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a lot, it was a lot. And so, um, because I feel like I've gone through times like that in my life and Cece, I know you've done the same. I feel like it's just really made us very aware, um, and understanding the importance of really of what today is going to be about. And it's, I love that you said, it's not about doing more. It's about, honestly, it's about saying no, it's being it's able about to doing say less. no, doing less with, with more it's doing, it, it's doing less in order to have more because the less that you do, the more that you make essential and the more that you eliminate the non-essential, the more actually you're able to do of the things that you really want want to do and prioritizing things that are going to have the most impact um, and benefit to your body when it comes to your overall health and wellness and just the way that you function and feel. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'll say this really quick before we dive into these tips that we're going to give you guys, um, just to think about kind of, and I know there's probably some guys out there listening somewhere, so please don't be offended. <laughs> and my poor husband, I'm totally not picking on you, but so when I went to school to do, to finish my undergrad, after I got out of the Navy, uh, I had two kids, same thing, like two little kids running around. I waited until my youngest daughter was about 18 months old before I went back to school. And I, same thing, like I tried to play perfect mom role. I was a stay at home mom at the time, uh, would take the kids two days a week to daycare. And they went to this cute little Montessori school in a little red barn. It was adorable. But, um, so I would take them and then I would stay up all night long. I would put them to bed and stay up all night long, working on school, working on papers, doing whatever cleaning house or whatever else needed to be done so that I could be present for my kids while they were there. Mm -hmm. Now, my husband is currently working on his MBA and whether he was working on his, on his master's or when he was working on his, uh, undergrad, he like goes and locks himself up in the bedroom. And as soon as he gets home from work and I'm like, wait a minute, I know yeah. we don't have kids home anymore, but I'm like, the dog needs to be walked or she needs yeah. to be fed or the house, the bathroom needs to be cleaned up or the laundry needs to be put away. And it's like, he just is like one track mind 
this is what I have to do. And I wish sometimes that I could be that way. I feel like nothing mm-hmm. would get done, but um, I feel like that's a difference between like where, where so our, what our, what our mindset is. This is me and my hundred alarms. We can talk about that another time. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's, that's a whole nother yeah. episode. That's but, a whole nother episode, but yeah, let's get, let's dive into yeah. this. But let's dive in and get into it. So one of the first things you guys, and this really needs to be like, I call these our level one, our tier one non-negotiables. Um, Cause we can talk about a lot of things, but you guys, if we're not prioritizing sleep, I know sometimes it's a dreaded word. When we talk about productivity, we think that prioritizing sleep is like the exact opposite of that. But like, I need you to really think about like, like think about like when you're tired and you're exhausted, like how really productive are you? And what is the quality of that production, right? So sleep has got to be a non-negotiable. Prioritizing that, getting enough sleep, making sure that it's quality sleep, not just like, um, you know, not just like, okay, I'm going to try to be in bed by this time. You know, there's a process of the, that we should go through that our bodies kind of need to go to, to prepare us for sleep, right? If you're like, boom, shut the computer, boom, turn the phone off. I'm going to go lay down. And then you lay awake for two hours because your brain is still operating. You know, realistically, like, are we getting good quality sleep? And Stacey, I know you do such a great job of prioritizing your sleep and your, and your bedtime. So I would love for you to talk a little bit more about that because I'm not as good at it. Um, you guys, I am a homeschool mom now. Um, I work at home mom. And so like my schedule does I, I prioritize my schedule, but it doesn't have to be quite so like exact that Stacey does. So I feel like that as far as prioritizing that, that's that bedtime girl, like this is totally your wheelhouse. (laughs) Yeah. So I think the biggest thing to think about is that when your kids are little and you're trying to train them to get into a routine, right? Because we all know that children function better when they're in a routine and that they know what to expect. And it's not any different really for adults. And when we're kind of messing up our, our sleep patterns, if we're not, our bodies aren't used to going to bed at a certain time and getting up at a certain time, even on the weekends, because I'm guilty. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we're not used to doing that, then our, our bodies aren't ready to go to bed when we're ready to go to bed. It's just like the little kid who's screaming and crying, like, I want another glass of water or I don't want to go to bed. (laughs) Uh, That's the way when I tell you guys that I go to bed at eight 30 without fail, I go to bed at eight 30 without fail Sunday through Thursday. (laughs) Cause I said, (laughs) I'm not very good about it on the weekends, but, um, and the big thing with that is like making sure that I'm in a routine. So I set my phone, I told you I, these alarms, I set my phone to go on, do not disturb at seven o'clock. I have an alarm that comes on and tells me to make sure that I've walked my dog by a certain time so that I don't forget. I have another alarm that comes on and tells me to take my sleep drops and my magnesium so I can get good restful sleep. And then 20 minutes later, it's like, all right, bad bitch, get your ass to bed. (laughs) So that's, um, so, but the big thing is when, when it's time to go walk the dog, it's time to put my phone down and get into that routine. So I'm taking a nice little walk for 20 minutes with my husband. We're kind of talking about, you know, what's going to happen the next day, kind of backloading the next day a little bit and making sure that I'm off social media. I'm not taking any messages. I tell uh, my team 
And my employee, like they all know my phone goes on, do not disturb at seven. So if you need me, you better call my house phone. Anybody else? I can't get to you. So there's nothing I can do. (laughs) (laughs) Even my poor kids. I'm like, call grandma. That's so true. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so good. And I, you know, I have to say, I'm so much better at it. Honestly, like, again, not to say something bad about my husband, but when he's home, my, um, my sleep is just like my priorities are all over the place. So, but that's a whole, again, that's a whole nother episode. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about this too. So then let's, let's move on. So we're talking, okay. So we talked about sleep exercise is another one. And we hit on this last week when we talked about really like how exercise, we know exercise is a good thing. We know that it can start to have a negative impact, but one of the things we want to get we, that we want to focus on is just being mindful of movement. Right. So like if, if the word exercise is this big, scary word, or somebody's really struggling with like fitting it all in understanding that it doesn't have to be this rigid structured thing. It can be walking the dog. It can just be popping in a podcast and going for a walk. Like that's my jam in the mornings. Like I love doing that. And it just kind of sets me up for my whole day. Um, but understanding and, and realizing that um, when we're in a state, when we're trying to get into some of this recovery mode, those high intensity, not saying it, but CrossFits or HIIT exercises or those types of things aren't going to necessarily be the right option during this particular time. Um, and again, this is an, an area, Stacey, where I know too, like we talked about this um, and you specifically hit on this last week. And so I think it's just a matter too of understanding like what being in tune with your body and understanding what is going to be best for you, um, during this, during really this area, this time of recovery. Right. And don't, don't not go to the gym. If if going to the gym is part of your, a part of your routine, go to the gym, get up, go to the gym, but you can get up and walk into the gym and nobody, the gym is not going to eject you from the building because you didn't lift (laughs) weights that day. And this, I'm talking about even moderate intensity activity. If you looked at Mm -hmm. that recovery index questionnaire and I'll link it in the show notes for today too. But if you looked at that, if you're still like, you're still in that middle range or you're in that zero to six range, even moderate activity is too much. So even just lifting weights, like take a day off and have some, have some stretching, some foam rolling, some activation, some of those things. And, but it's okay. The gym is not going to eject you from the building. I promise. No doubt there. Um, okay. And then we're going to roll right into our nutrition because hello, that's so, so super important. Um, and so this is going to be one of those areas where like, again, um, this may be something, if you're somebody that is really just like, if you're a little OCD when it comes to tracking and nutrition and you, you, you're just almost hyper-focused on it, this is kind of going to be an area where sometimes you just want to really shift your focus into like consuming whole foods, right? Food that your food that is food that your body can identify and your body knows what to do with it. Um, but we also talked when we talk about functional nutrition, you know, like there we've been told a lot of things about what healthy foods are and what healthy foods aren't. And at the end of the day, some of that is just dependent on the person. Everybody has this bio individuality where like, just because it might be good for you on the surface, based on like, based on its contents and what it's going to give your body, if your body can't process it, it's not good for you. Right. And so this is going to be sometimes we're sometimes taking a, just a deeper look inside to figure out what's going on in there. Um, focusing on really doing some elimination protocol. If that, if that's something where um, you're in the right mindset to really do that and kind of focus on that. Um, But just really eating something that's just like whole and balanced. um, And that's really just hitting all of those, um, 
all of those key points when it comes to, to nutrition. Right. And Casey, another thing that people should really think about is one, if you're going to go through an elimination protocol, you really need to be looking for a professional to do that. Um, this is not like look up a, an elimination diet on Pinterest and follow it with, with no guidelines or anything. An elimination diet is also not, um, when you're doing an elimination diet, this is not in the middle of training for a big event or like you wouldn't be in the middle of marathon training or in the middle of training for a competition and decide that you're going to go through an elimination protocol. Like mm-hmm. you go through this elimination protocol and we're going to dial back some of our activities. So it can also decrease our inflammation. So that's, mm-hmm. it's, it is more, you really should be working with a professional. If that's something that you feel like your body needs, um, and it's not just, uh, we're going to eliminate all of these things for three days and then you're going to go like, this is a, this is, this is a deep dive into what's happening with your body. Absolutely. Like, and you're, you're hundred percent on with that too. Like making sure that this is something you guys, you can find anything on the internet, <laughs> but when you're finding things and you're trying things and they're not working, you gotta, you gotta dig a little bit deeper. And definitely you want to make sure that you're working with somebody when it comes to that, that, that very specifically. And I think too, like not even necessarily from a training standpoint, but just from a life standpoint, because if you're in, if you're in some heavy stuff going on in your life, like that's not the time, right? Like right now, like we're getting ready for deployment. Like this is not the time. Like I'm just, I'm just trying to survive and and, and get to that departure date right now. So I know for me personally, like right now where I'm at, like I'm very mindful and I know, and I'm, I'm putting some pieces in place right now to where like once we've hit that departure date and things kind of, we settle into our new routine, um, for the summer. Like I know that I will have the, the time and the availability then to focus, but right now it's not the time. So, so it right. got to consider life circumstances as well. Um, and then obviously you guys stress is a huge thing, right? And stress. And we, we talked about that word resilience last week and how our body is able to come back from things and bounce back. And, when we start to really identify that we're, we're not bouncing back, like every hit is just a really substantial blow and we're not being able to bounce back from that. And everything feels just so big and so heavy. Um, it is really time at that point that we really do some mental inventory on where we are as far as the stressors in our lives and how we can possibly look at eliminating stress. And if it's not something that we can eliminate in the immediate, then really like our coping skills and mechanisms that we can put in place for that. Right. And I feel like when you're, when we're talking about stress and resilience, this is a good time also to mention, like, this is why sitting still is not a bad thing. This is why taking time to reflect on yourself, taking time to journal, taking time to do those things is, is not necessarily a bad thing. And we just have a really hard time as humans and as busy women and moms of just taking time to sit, like there's dishes in the sink and there's laundry to be done and there's all this stuff, but it really is important to give your body some downtime other than the seven to nine hours of sleep that you're getting a day. Absolutely. Because you guys, I can't tell you many times, and I don't know if you do the same. You, well, you probably don't because you have an 830 bedtime that you actually stick to, <laughs> you know, but you know, I'm with my kids 24 seven at this point, And there are days where I question my sanity and I question my reasoning. Um, but I am notorious for losing sleep at night because once my kids go to bed, I want to be able to sit up in the quietness of my house. And I want to be able to watch 
a show uninterrupted and I get lost in that and I lose sleep over that. And so it's like finding that balance again and allowing it, but that is kind of my de-stress time. Like it's time that I used to be able to get to bed. Then I just got to get to the bed sooner. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, what's funny is that I, I don't know, I'm totally going to geek out on my psych nerd Enneagram stuff. But if you look at like your personality, sometimes sitting and watching Netflix is, is your downtime. That's how you recover. That's how you, especially for somebody who, um, I know for myself and, and I imagine for you too, Casey, like we, our brains are going a hundred miles an hour all the time, not just because we're busy, but just that's our personality, like always thinking, mm -hmm. which is why we do 1500 different things. But, um, being able to sit down and watch some type of mindless television, I, you, I, you guys don't even know if I'm having a stressful day, the first thing that's going on in my TV is Shit's Creek <laughs> because I just want to, I just want to laugh and I just want to not yes. think about stuff. And so that's, um, for a lot of people that really is rest and recovery and that's okay. We just don't want Absolutely. it to get out of hand and obviously not interfere with our sleep. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, right. and then the last thing that we want to talk about is relationships, right? And this is so important because I think this is one where I am by nature a fixer, right? And I feel like that I want to be able, like, I need to feel like that I'm contributing in some way, right? Like my, I've always said, like, I just want to leave people better than I found them. I want to have an impact. I want people, like when I've worked with clients and they message me about how much they're, they're confidence has, has come back and all of these different things. Like that's what I live for. But I think what happens sometimes is that the people that then I attract to me are those people that, that need that kind of stuff. And so what that ends up doing for me is it's like, I find myself in situations where I'm surrounded by people that are, that I'm giving a lot to, and not that they're not that they're necessarily taking, it's not, it's not like they're doing it on purpose. But I end up not prioritizing myself because I feel like I need to prioritize everyone around me. And so one of the things that I've really worked on, um, probably over like the last year and a half um, at this point, is really just setting boundaries for myself and understanding and allowing myself to set those boundaries without having guilt about setting the boundaries because we set boundaries. And then what happens is I think sometimes we realize people in our circles when they start, they get upset about our boundaries, right? Um, and they they want to take them personal and they want to make us feel bad for our boundaries. And really our boundaries, we have to remember that our boundaries are for ourselves and for our own protection and wellness and not to upset or hurt others. Right. And that's, I felt really bad because I said no to a couple of things this weekend. And I really didn't have any really good excuse of doing anything else other than I just really needed to be in my own house and I needed to, you know, prepare my own space and get in the right mindset. I had had a very people-y week <laughs> and um, <laughs> we just kind of needed to not people for the weekend. And so I said yeah. no to a lot of things and, and I'm sure that there are some people who were upset by that, but I hope uh, that those people are not, didn't take it personally and just recognize that sometimes we just have to say no to things and and that it, that's okay. The other thing too, with this is, you know, you can't always, like you said, it's not that they're taking, like you're, you're giving right. As yeah. a, and we run into that uh, in the health and wellness field that we end up being like health and wellness 
counselors, right? So helping yeah. to create, helping other people to, ha- to create these habits and to be a good example for these people and to coach and to lift other people up. But if you don't ever have anybody in your circle that is also lifting you up or that mm-hmm. is, um, it's the whole, like you are the sum of the five closest people that you surround yourself with. Right. So why would you not surround yourself with people who have habits and have practices that you want to adopt? So it's not just mm-hmm. about like you being that person for somebody else, but somebody else needs to be that person for you too. So those people who you're helping on health and wellness space, but I'm sure that they have, you know, tons of things that they're contributing to the relationship otherwise, but at some point we have to look at like, where are the people that I, I don't ever want to be the smartest person in the room. I don't ever want to be, uh, I want to, to be learning and to be also getting something from a relationship like that too. And so I think that it's really important to surround yourself with like-minded people. So then that way you're, you're also growing. Cause if I stop growing, I'm not any good to these people anymore. And that's, that's such a great way of looking at it too. Um, and I like what you said, like not being the smartest person in the room, you know, we need these relationships that are, you know, relationships are two way streets. Um, and so when we, when we find ourselves, I think in situations where we, we feel like it's like, we are like, you know, we're sort of like everybody else's sounding board, right? And we're kind of like, we are the anchor. Like it gets really hard. It gets really hard. And we, and we don't, and I think it happens and it builds up um, faster than what we even realize. Um, And so it is just one of those things where just making sure that you're prioritizing yourself and all of these things that we've talked about today. Um, And what I would really love to, what what I'm interested too, is people who will go and do that RIQ now um, and then hopefully really start implementing some of the stuff that they're hearing and then coming back and taking it later and seeing like where, where they're seeing those numbers adjust. Um, cause it, it takes time and it's going to take time. And that's something that, um, you know, we're not always, we're not always promised time, but you know, the way I look at it, it's, you know, the t- time is going to pass no matter what we do. Right. So what are we going to do with the time that we have? I think that's fantastic. Um, I do think that it's also worth saying that um, if you want to connect with Casey on her blog, she has a wellness blog that she writes. um, And the link to that is in the show notes also with her Instagram. And then uh, the same for me. So, you know, Casey and I are on two different spectrums of the health and wellness spectrum and could definitely get something different from both of us in, in the health and wellness field. So if that's something that you're interested in, also my website with my blog is posted in the show notes and in the blog description, as well as my Instagram. So um, we hope you guys enjoyed. All right. Absolutely. See you guys. (laughs) Bye. Now I have to find the stop button.